Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Occupation Station podcast. We are so happy to have you here. If you're a new listener, welcome. My name is Amy. And I'm Anna. And this episode, we have an incredible guest who will be teaching Amy and I about stress management and test anxiety. So we planned this episode. I I think I had selfish motivation after this because uh, we are both two weeks out from our MBCOT exam. And I know that I deal with test anxiety a lot. And I really wanted to get some tools under my belt to help deal with that, you know, during the test and kind of going into it. So I think that's a big uh, reason why we pushed for this episode to come out before we took our test. So hopefully you guys can learn something from this and take away some things that are going to help you not only in this test, but I think also in your daily lives. So before we get started and on the theme of this episode, let's all just take one collective deep breath. Okay, ready? Let's go. I needed that. Yeah, I feel a lot better. Of course, Amy outdid me with her swimmer's lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Quick update as to where we are, we are at. Uh, we, uh, like I said, we are two weeks out from our exam. We will be taking it on February 1st. So if you wake up that day and remember that we are taking it, please send all your good vibes, all your good energy, pray for us do the whole nine we would have really appreciate it but we on a good note also have graduated officially from our yeah. ot program anna do you want to tell the audience what program we graduated from so amy and i are officially texas tech health sciences center graduates yes um yeah we'd been we had we were kind of waiting because when while we were students we were more deeply affiliated with the school so our advisor told us kind of keep it on the dl but now we're officially graduates we got our diplomas in the mail so exciting stuff yes i know i don't sound excited i'm just exhausted (laughs) (laughs) um so that was about a month ago or mm-hmm. like five weeks ago that that happened. So while we are very proud of being alum from Texas Tech, this podcast uh, is not affiliated with them. But if you guys have any questions about their program or um, please reach out, we absolutely, absolutely loved our experience there. So also another thing I would like to add, which I just thought of that I think would be really fun. If you are studying to go take your NBCOT or you're about to take your NBCOT or in the future you're listening to this and you're about to take your NBCOT, let us know. Just let us know. Just be like, I'm going to take my test and we're going to send you all the good vibes. I think that that's a good way. And like, if you want to send us a a cute picture of yourself where you feel like you're looking good, we'll post you on the story. We'll (gasps) hype you up. We'll tell you that you are amazing and you can do this and you're incredible and all that other good stuff. So for sure, Mm -hmm. I think you can tag yourself on our Instagram or you can send us an email or you can DM us or 
message me on Facebook or whatever, just whatever way show up to my house. I don't care. Whatever way. Well, wear a mask and stay six feet away. But, <laughs> but please yes. do so. <laughs> yes. So for everyone else that's taking it on February 1st or even, you know, leading up to that, we're here for you and you can do it. And we hope that this episode helps you in the way that it's helped us. In that same breath, I just want to give a quick shout out and a congratulations to Morgan Noble and Kristen Carolyn, yes. uh, our friends from OT school who took their test January 11th and found out that they passed. So congrats to them. Yes. Um, and to all of our other OTR classmates. Officially. Yes. Congratulations, guys. Super proud of y'all. So let's get started. Amy, would you do a us the honors and introduce or should I say reintroduce our guest yes so if you have been listening to this podcast you may have listened to this episode or you may have heard us reference this episode but our next guest is going to be one that we had on for our motivational interviewing episode and if you haven't listened to that one I would definitely recommend it I think it's one of our best episodes for sure and she was gracious enough to join us again for another episode and I feel like I've learned so much from our talk with her and I think that I'm going to be using a lot of this stuff not only for this test but a lot in my everyday life and I am so 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 grateful that she came back on and um, since we recorded our motivational interviewing uh, episode her and I have gone a lot closer. She's honestly like a big sister to me and I love her so much. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. So without further ado, Reina Puentes. Could you on the record, tell us your full title? I, so I'm an LPCA. I'm a licensed professional counselor associate. So what that means is like, I'm still like in my internship, like a professional intern, like I'm mm-hmm. licensed, but I'm still getting supervision like professionally. How long does that last for? 3000 hours. So you have between like two and five years to do I it. thought you were joking. 3000 hours. <laughs> 100% <laughs> I was wow. like, wow, that's a really dramatic. And then now you were. <laughs> yeah, no. I guess I would want my therapist to have gone through at least 3,000 hours worth of training before they can, you know, go off and then be unsupervised True. doing True. Right. therapy things. Um, so why don't we start off by defining some basics, which I think is going to help kind of set the foundation for this interview. But what is stress and how is it different than anxiety? Yeah, so stress is, I guess, what we call a huge reaction that goes on in your body starting from like you know something some stimulus out there in the world telling your body that panic kind of in a sense it's it's i think it's the same okay so this is where you have to like quote me not quote me on this but it's the same like um like neurotransmitters right and signals that mm-hmm. fire in 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 your brain and your body telling you like panic right Um, but stress is like the signal, like the hormone that kind of releases, um, anxiety is like over time, 
a reaction that's caused to like a stimulus that's provoking it, or it could also not be there anymore. Like, you know, like you've learned uh, a response to like something that scares you. And so when people say like, I have anxiety, like I have social anxiety, I'm scared about this general situation that I've learned over time. Yeah. So it's just like the chronic, chronic stress. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we all experience stress, right? And it happens over, and it happens in our body. We, we, there's like a lot of rat research that shows like what chronic stress does, right? Like what people experience stress all the time. You can experience stress without experiencing anxiety. Anxiety is like more of like a, like a, a behavioral, emotional, like cognitive response, right? Versus mm-hmm. like stress is just kind of like that feeling that you get and the hormones are firing off telling you worry. But anxiety is like a whole cognitive process. Like you have thoughts going on that are telling you worry. You have emotions going on that are telling you feel this way. You have, then you start to feel like jittery or shaky or however you feel anxious, like your stomach hurts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then that causes you to do things like, 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 mess up or say the wrong thing or forget everything you're about to say on a podcast <laughs> as you're recording right like anxiety is like the whole cognitive process um that is it's it's pretty taxing like over time mm-hmm. rat research has shown that um it it does like affect and lead to like health uh health implications like the increased you know blood pressure the the heart problems that happen to animals that have been Test tested with stress and anxiety over time. Like it really does have those physiological implications over time. I'd never thought of it in that way of anxiety being like the cognitive process of it. That's cool. Kind of moving towards more of a test related, education related topic with it. Personally, I don't ex- experience as much of that anxiety when I'm taking an exam as I do prior to taking it. And the studying process is just so overwhelming for me. And I find myself starting projects or like spending a bunch of time on my phone than I usually would be doing uh, just to avoid having to study. And even if it's a topic that I love, my brain wants nothing to do with it. So can you kind of explain a little bit more what's going on in my brain with that? And then what are some ways that we could work through it? Oh, is this like an open invitation to play? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm with you, right? Like, I think we mm-hmm. can all identify with avoiding something, doing something, even if we like it. Um, and that can be something like studying your favorite topic, or that can, for some people, it could be avoiding a shower or avoiding washing the dishes, you know, or changing my clothes for the third or fourth day, you know, it gets really, you know, severe anxiety and depression. And and so that avoidance is typically because you're, you're afraid of something deep down underneath, you know, there's something in the outcome or something in the process. Typically it's, uh, you know, a fear of maybe feeling incompetent while you're doing it or a fear of being overwhelmed because the task is too big. Mm-hmm. You know, you're focusing on the overall task instead of what you have to do right now. And so like, it typically comes from like a a fear, you know, and I experience it too. I don't like doing certain things because I feel like I'm no good at it and it takes me so long and why aren't I better at it? You know? So I would ask you, like, uh, if you, if you, if you asked yourself, what, what holds you back from, from doing it? Like, is there something that you're maybe afraid of like experiencing from allowing yourself to, to do the the thing? Dramas, dude. 
<laughs> always. Yeah. Like I say I that like that. jokingly kind of, but like that's so true. And like the more I think about it, it's like it is true. Like all these like anxieties that I feel and all the things that I'm stressed about and like these underlying worries that I have, it all boils down to like some initial experience that I had that, you know, caused it to kind of like stick with me. Right. So I think like going through that, um, kind of figuring that out for myself has been sort of helpful with my anxiety. Cause I know I get, I get anxiety during the test and I don't know if it's like, I think it's part of it's like a sensory thing where I don't like to be sitting and like focused on something for that long. So having to take this four hour test is really daunting to me because I know I'm going to have to stay focused and read and I can't read very carefully during tests. And I've noticed that during uh, like studying and stuff. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought, but. <laughs> but it it makes sense so like if your anxiety that happens that shows up during the test is um part of it might be from sitting right so you're saying part of it is from sitting and then a part of it i think you didn't finish going there but you know we, we can talk about those things too things that you can help you do to help your body like stay engaged right um but what what is your fear during the test like what do you think is driving what fear do you think is driving your anxiety during the test it's probably a lot it's probably your failing yeah or, not getting this one right and this being the one that tips me over to the failing side right like it's probably a lot going on that if you can like you said just acknowledge where it's coming from like hey this is my anxiety trying to tell me I'm incompetent this is my anxiety trying to tell me the end is so far away and you're never going to get there like if you could just acknowledge that that's happening or maybe like even if you don't know where it's coming from but just acknowledge that it's happening you're already 10 steps ahead because most people spend their lives wondering like, I'm just anxious because of that one experience that you said, that initial experience. And then my brain's held on to it. And now anything and everything that's related to that experience, anxiety. Yeah. What do you think are ways then that we can work on that? I mean, obviously it wouldn't be a good idea to kind of go through this thought process in the middle of a test, but maybe, you know, when we're doing practice tests and we kind of notice these anxious feelings and or like stress during just the studying process like what are ways that we can be mindful of what we're doing and why we're doing it maybe before we get to that test you could you can do it every day like everything that you do when was the last time you mindfully brushed your teeth (laughs) never (laughs) oh god I feel so called out right now (laughs) no dude I'm telling you because it's like something that you do every day at least once Mm -hmm. a day you know and and or mindfully wash the dishes Mm -hmm. or like just stuff that you do but like actually paying attention to what you're doing and what it feels like yeah it's wild (laughs) and try it next time you brush your teeth or put on your shoes or you know something super basic just pay attention to what it feels like where your body is your breath that's it like you don't have to do much more than that and that's practicing mindfulness in a safe place you know you don't want to get to test day and then practice mindfulness because then you're going to be like wtf what you know you want to practice it throughout the day when you're not stressed or super worried or in a dangerous situation practice it throughout the day catch your anxiety i mean you, you might be anxious about other things that aren't test related or even while you're studying you could be studying and your anxiety could show up 
I call it my anxiety brain. I name it. I mean, and you know this because I, I do this with my clients all the time. If you hear your anxious voice, give it a name. My name, my, my middle name, because I don't like my middle name. And so I am <laughs> like, there she is. She's showing up and call her out. Like she's, you're, you're wanting to tell me I'm incompetent. Okay, thanks. Well, right now I'm studying. So come back later. You know, and that's it. Just like a simple trick that you could do to just acknowledge that your anxiety is there. It's trying to tempt you into something unhelpful while literally your hands and your feet are doing something that's trying to give you evidence that you're better. Yeah. You know, so just acknowledge it. It's the best thing that you could do rather than avoid it. And you could spend hours trying to avoid it, but it'll take about three seconds. And you can do this in the test to acknowledge it. And that might help. You could, you could do that in the test. Just be like, hey, anxiety. I hear you, not right now, maybe later. Because you know she's going to come back later. It's so interesting because I, I t- today when I was kind of preparing for this episode, I was just thinking like part of it just feels like I can't connect with the stuff that I'm studying while I'm studying it. And so then I'm like, I'm not getting anything done. And I go and look at TikTok for like two hours. And then the entire time I'm looking at TikTok, I hear myself saying like, you're not being productive you suck, like go back to studying. But then it feels like, well, if I go back to studying, I'm not going to get anything done. And this entire time I've been thinking of it, like my, my brain can't connect or like, there's not, I don't know, like I'm not making a mindful connection to what I'm experiencing or I'm trying to escape it in some way. But I didn't realize that it was actually something is happening. And it's me talking to myself and telling me that I that I'm not doing it well enough or I'm not being perfect enough while stu- like studying it. Yeah, like what, what came to me when you were speaking there was what's this connection? Do you know what you're looking for? What does that feel like? And is it this magical unicorn that you're chasing? Because I'll tell you, for me, my perfection when I do my clinical notes is like, it has to be professionally written in just like everything that I did and I cannot skip anything. And I was holding myself up to this huge pedestal where was I ever really reaching it? No. So like, what is that connection that you're looking for? Are you expecting something magical to come out of everyday studying? Or could you maybe notice and say like, okay, I'm searching for this magical unicorn maybe that's not helping me right now. Maybe it reshift the goal just for this next hour. Maybe the goal for this next hour of studying isn't to find that magical connection, but maybe it's to get to this page or, you know, remember these words, maybe shift the way that you set your goal. And that might take away the fear or the expectation of this magical connection that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That's amazing. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to try that because I think that personally would be very helpful. For me, I definitely like have done that a lot the past few weeks. Um, but for like personally and from what um, one of our friends has like talked to me about is finding that motivation and using that motivation to like push through that feeling of, you know, of being unproductive and that kind of thing. So how do we... How do we find motivation? Uh, motivation, it's, it comes and goes, you know, it depends on the day. It depends on the person you're talking to. It depends on who you spoke with that morning, you know, where you're at. Motivation really is fluctuates 
the one thing that we know from research is what what shows up as as factors to to motivate long-lasting change is if you can connect it to your values and that i think is not very like common like people don't often think oh values let me just think about what i value you know um but that's where i think i know the meaning is you know that's where it really matters to you so why would you want to do this you know like why did you set off to do this in the first place what is it about this that you care about or why is this important to you just one answer is all i need and that you know i want to do it because well for me it's because i know like that i can you know like i i, I like it and I, I can do it so why not and that's that's enough you know and just one value that you can come back to and little things along the way that help you remember that you're good at stuff so right now you guys have been focusing for a long time on something that's making you feel like climbing this huge mountain, you know, and like pretty defeated probably a lot, right? Yeah. So go back to doing some things that you know make you feel good that you have confidence in. Like can, you know, build your confidence a little bit. Simple things that are totally unrelated or maybe related, you know? Um but little things that you can do to remind yourself that you have skill, that you have confidence. and also that you have like value and worth like in yourself like you are more than this test right like that's another thing that we need to talk about <laughs> is how to remind yourself and your brain that you are more than this test and you are more than this question that's in front of you right but we'll get to that later that's funny that you mentioned that though cuz just today at work i work at a pool right now and um this lady came in and she wanted to use the pool and the chairlift was broken lots of feelings about that but anyway uh the chairlift was broken so she had she was in a wheelchair i should say she was in a wheelchair and the chairlift wasn't working so she had to walk in and out of the pool and i felt so bad cuz i was like this is not ada compliant like there's so many things that are wrong with this but um I was helping her back into her wheelchair and it was the first time I had touched a wheelchair in months like truly months and I was able to like swing away the footrest and you know set it up just right so that she could like transfer into it easy and I it was just something so simple but I was like I know how to do this like this is something that I can do very confidently and at the end of it I was like okay I helped her she got in you know went home and she had a great experience and she you know thanked everyone for helping her and and I walk over to my boss afterward and he was like hey like thank you for doing that like you were I was watching you you were an expert with that chair and I was like thanks but it was like it was something so basic but it made me feel so good and I was like okay like I do know what I'm doing I do have some type of some level of competence you know so that's it just yeah it's funny that you yeah that <laughs> So now that we've had this conversation and from here on forward these little bits of evidence you need to like put them in your pocket and take them with you and pull them back when that test makes you feel like you're being defeated like you're nothing like you're no no anything you know because 
right now, like they might just be little, little moments of just like, huh, that felt good. That felt nice, you know, but this is evidence that you are good, that you have gentle hands, that you're helpful, that you have good eyes and instinct and, you know, you can do things. Uh, you have value and worth beyond this test. And so don't just live through those moments, live through it mindfully and acknowledge it and like, let that sink in and like, let those words of your boss sink in and let that feeling of like, I put this together right, you know, acknowledge what it feels like and store it in that file in your brain because it may be useful later. We call those collecting positive experiences. I like it. I love that. Yeah, because so honestly, like just <laughs> this past week, I've been, you know, looking at jobs and and applying for jobs. And in that process, I think I've realized like, I'm going to have a first day of work at some point. And I think that might be scarier than taking this test because I feel already so like nervous about it and walking in and like needing to have this confidence and, you know, know what I'm doing and I don't know if I'm going to get there, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like that first day of field work where you're just like scared and, you know, a whole hot mess. Like I have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. So wait, did you guys each survive your first day of field work? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, honest question, that's a positive experience that you can come back to, right? And yeah. when, when that anxiety comes back and tempts you and say all that stuff that you're going to fear, yeah, I get it. Fear is good. It's going to push me to want to do good and be good. And also, I know I'm good. I have some evidence. Like people have told you at your workplaces, at your field workplaces, that you're good. You've gotten good feedback. Your clients like you and you know, it's, it, you have some good evidence. Don't, don't let that be forgotten when your anxiety or stress shows up to remind you of all of the things that you forgot or didn't study. Yes. I love that. This reminds me of, um, I'm totally going to use this, all of this just <laughs> a lot, but, um, also I've noticed that, so the test it's split up into two parts where you have like these clinical simulations where you have like a paragraph of information and then it'll give you like at this point of their treatment, like what would you or what would you not do for them or do with them? And it just gives you this whole list. And once you click yes or no, you can't unclick it and it'll give you feedback. So we've kind of like learned that through like our testing, like our testing um, practices and uh, that like prep course that we took that if it's a negative feedback, then like, you know, that you click the wrong answer. So you're looking for like more like positive or like neutral feedback. And I've noticed in practice, when I get that negative feedback, I'm like, oh my God, I got it wrong. I know I got it wrong. And then it like messes me up for the rest of the whole like series, you know? So I think this whole, you know, training my brain to do, to talk myself into like, no, you got that wrong, but that's okay. Let's move on to the next one. And you know, you can do better on it. Move forward, you know? So what if you thought about it this way? What if you thought about it instead of, oh no, I got that wrong now, I'm screwed. What if you just helped your brain switch the thought to, okay, I got negative feedback. I learned something. And now using that, let's answer the next one. You know, just, it's like, trying to train your brain to use that information to help you instead of hurt you just for the next one. You know, also don't 
freak out about the rest of the chain. Just, you just need to get to the next one. Yeah. And that's where you really need to help your brain remember just this one, yeah. just this one. You're going to be telling yourself that for four hours, but just this one. <laughs> one of my favorite spin instructors, I know this is kind of off topic, but um, she always says like, you can do anything for 10 seconds or you can do anything for 20 seconds, you know, like when you're going really fast for like 20 seconds or whatever. And so I've, I've been trying to like talk myself into like, okay, you can do one more question. You can do one more question. And then before I know it, it's been like 15 questions. I'm like, okay, cool. You're doing it. Keep going. (laughs) Keep doing the thing. So small chunks, take everything in small chunks. Yeah. That's what I've been having to do with studying is like, oh God, I have all this stuff to do. Like I want to get through all of this and then just being like, okay, I'm just going to study this for a little bit. And then I'm done with that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to move on to the next thing. And just like very slowly, but it, yeah, it's definitely been a process. (laughs) And I think that's, that's the best way you can manage it is reminding yourself small chunks because bigger isn't going to be more helpful. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of moving on, which we've, we've kind of touched on test anxiety during the performance process a little bit, but are there any other strategies that you might recommend for someone while they're taking the test to maybe manage the anxiety or manage the amount, the workload that's ahead of them? You mean during the test, the workload that's ahead of them during the test. Okay, yeah. So if you're having anxiety like during the test, okay, so not before the test, but during the test. Yes. Okay. I think first, I, I don't know about you guys, is it like in one of those like controlled testing center places? Okay. Yeah. So when I was there for my licensure test, and this is just purely anecdotal, I'm going to say at least half of my anxiety during test taking was the situation. You know, and, and that, don't beat yourself up over that because other than like abiding by their rules, there's nothing you could, you know, really do about that. But that's just the nature of the setting. So be gentle with yourself about that first, like the sitting, like, you know, like the quietness, the, like, if you look somewhere, they're going to think I'm cheating, like all that stuff. Yes. There's going to be a lot of that. So just, you know, acknowledge and prepare that that's going to show up, but just when it shows up, you know, don't attribute that to the test or the content or you like, this is anxiety because this place is weird. Okay. I see it. And, you know, acknowledge and maybe you can help that not influence the anxiety that you already feel for the test. Right. And so for the test, ah, everyone's different. Um, I think going back to what Amy said about the sitting and the posture, there's some like body uh, scanning mindfulness kind of techniques that you could do that you don't have to like move or look suspicious or do anything. Right. So do you guys want to do it now while we're sitting here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so if you're listening to this anywhere, you can join in too. <laughs> so, um, fine. In whatever, whatever position you're sitting in, try to sit upright so that you feel supported, not uncomfortable, just supported. Right. And then see if you can just bring your attention to the bottoms of your feet. Can you feel that they're in contact with the floor? You don't have to answer, just kind of acknowledge they're in contact with the floor. Maybe you can feel if it feels different in your heel versus in your toes. There might be difference, there might not be. Maybe you can put some pressure on your toes and feel some difference. Don't hurt yourself. 
just notice that there's some differences in your feet on the floor. Can you feel that? Now bring your awareness up your leg, kind of to your calf and, and shin area. Can you do something to kind of feel something in your calves without hurting yourself? Maybe one or the other. You just notice, are you feeling pain anywhere? Maybe now you can bring your attention up to your, your thighs, your upper leg. Do you feel contact with the chair? Maybe on the bottom, maybe on the sides. Maybe there's like temperature differences on the top versus the bottom. Can you move around, wiggle around and feel differences in your hips maybe? So you can do this all the way up, you know, to your neck, down your arms to your head and just like notice. I know you don't have like this set amount of time, right? But maybe if you get, you know, at your first sense of anxiety, you can do the feet, just notice the feet, you know? And then the purpose of this is grounding. So you're noticing body sensations that are here and now. And if you can pay attention to the body sensations that are here and now, your mind won't be paying attention to the, the thoughts and the anxiety and the emotions and the fear. This, you have control of here, your body, the way your feet feel against the floor or the way your chair feels against your legs, right? This you have control of. What your hands do, you have control of. And that's what you want to help your body remember. Like this, I feel this. Okay, this is me. That's going to help you separate from those thoughts and those emotions that are trying to tempt you into unhelpful land, right? And so when you start noticing those, hi, anxiety brain, thanks for showing up. Just take a minute, feel your feet or wherever in your body. Maybe you want to tense your shoulders. Maybe something like that. And, but really feel it, you know, and take a breath also. A deep breath helps. Just to check back into the present moment. And if you can, remind yourself that you're more than those thoughts. You are this body here. You are more than those thoughts. That distinction is like what meditators work on for years. So I don't expect you to like nail it by the test time, right? But it's a practice that I try to do all the time. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's separating that connection that from your thoughts and emotions from the physical body because those will take over and influence the physical body in a way that maybe can be unfavorable if we allow it to. But really there's a separation there and the monks and Buddhists do it all the time. Just help your brain remember that there's a separation there to be acknowledged. Hey guys, it's Anna. As you can tell by the episode title, we had to make this a two-parter. So this will be our stopping point for the interview. There was just way too much great information that we didn't want you to miss out on. So we hope you found this useful. We will be posting part two next week and that'll have the rest of the interview where we discuss how to manage stress during the test, followed by our quick summary and reflection. So please subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you use and follow us on Instagram at Occupation Station Pod to find out when it gets posted. Thanks and bye.